Atomicast. Hello, Atomics, and welcome to Atomicast. This is the podcast exclusively for Atomic members, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about how not to pitch for speaking gigs and what to do instead. So we have just launched Atomicon 2020, as I'm sure many of you will know, and we have been inundated with speaker pitches, and some of them have been pretty terrible. And I think we've realized that there's a real problem here. People do not know how to pitch for speaking gigs. So we wanted to talk about eight things to definitely not do when you're pitching for speaking gigs and what to do instead based on some of the awful habits that we've experienced. Yes, of course, none from yourselves, obviously. No. Because you're all so awesome. But if you want to get some more speaking gigs, we want you to be more successful. So here's eight things that you can do to be more successful. Right, number one. Do not just send a really short flyaway comment to the organizers on social media or in the DMs. Basically, go through the proper channels. We have like application forms and we have methods and processes and systems and ways of keeping track of our potential speakers. Go through the proper channels. If you just have a throwaway comment somewhere, number one, it could get misplaced or not read. Number two, it's not pitching yourself in the best light. It's, it's almost like a half-hearted attempt. It's like, uh, it's not going to give you everything or the organizer everything you need to like make a decision. Yes, I think what Pete's talking about here when we say throwaway comments is things like we'll be talking about Atomicorn on our Instagram story and we'll get a message from a stranger that will say, hey, I would be great to speak at this event. That's like a flyaway comment. And I don't think anyone has ever been booked from a flyaway comment like that. No. Okay, so the second thing that we don't want you to do, which is kind of the opposite of this, is overcomplicate it. So we don't want you to give the organizer a job. So we've been sent ridiculously long pitch emails and pitch documents to read. And it's just anything that's going to take them, like, say, more than 10 minutes. Well, more than five minutes, let's say. It's going to take them more than five minutes to read or watch or consume or whatever then you're just giving the organizer a job. So be to the point, but be impactful. Yes. Next thing is uh, when people get someone else to put in a good word for you. We've had this, it's really strange. Um, some guy will get like the assistant to email us saying, hey, my boss would like to speak at your event and here's some of his topics and here's why it's so amazing. We really value relationships. And this might be different for maybe some more corporate events. I don't know. But for us, we value relationships. And if that person hasn't been bothered to actually ask us directly, then they're not really bothered about speaking at our event and we don't really want them. So that's not going to work for us and it's not going to work for a lot of other conferences either. So if you're going to actually pitch, do the pitch yourself, not from someone else. I think people do that from a branding point of view. They think it makes them look bigger or better Mm. that they've got an assistant to do it for them. But for us, it's just a little bit odd. Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) The next thing is not researching the event. So make sure whatever you are pitching fits fully with the aims and more specifically the audience of that event. So you really need to understand what the organizer actually wants. 
And sometimes that can be a better first question, right? Rather than going and pitching, I like ask the organizer. You can tell them, like say, I would really love to speak at this event. Like these, you could even say potentially like these are the topics that I generally speak about, but what do you want to get from this event? For us with Atomicon, we already had in our heads before we even started thinking about speakers, what we wanted the attendees to get from that event and kind of like the broad range of topics that we wanted to cover. So we kind of knew what we wanted and then thought about who we knew from the speaker point of view that would fit those topics. Exactly, so that's the best way. Number five is getting the timings wrong. Most events will have very specific time periods where they will be choosing their speakers. I know that for us, we always decide on our speakers like before it's announced on the actual event. So we basically choose a year in advance uh, and before that even. So um, that's like a time period for us. For other events, they'll have like content marketing world. They will have a one month window where you have to apply and that's it. If you miss it, then tough. So it's really important to get that right. You don't want to be, you know, asking them when it's too late or too early or when they're really busy. Um, just do it at the right period. And that might be a case of asking them or asking another person that spoke there before when's the best time to pitch. Um, so yeah, think about the timing. Yes. And then the next thing is don't dilute your pitch by offering to speak on loads and loads of different topics. So we've had a few pitches through where we are looking at the what they've pitched to speak about and they've got like four or five or six sometimes completely different topics in completely different fields sometimes. And it's like, well, we want to get the best speakers on a topic. So make sure that when you're pitching is really clear what you are painting yourself as the expert in. And that should almost come across in your talks that you are pitching to that person yes number seven is pitching out of nowhere um for us like we, we really need to know the speakers we value that you know personal in a relationship and we want to know that they're going to be a good speaker we almost want to see them speak before or at least know that they are really good and for a lot of other events it's the same and if you pitch and we don't know you it's a lot harder for us to say yes it's not necessarily an outright no, because you might be amazing, but it's a lot harder to say yes. And even for the bigger events that you have to apply for, there's still going to be people on the other side of that application form that need to make a decision as to who's speaking and who's not. And if they already know you, you've got a much, much, much higher chance of speaking and getting a yes. So if there's any way possible that you can get to know the event organizers, um, before pitching, then you're going to have a much higher success rate. Yes. And the last thing is to not have a speaker page or any kind of experience shown on your website or on your social media when you are pitching to speak. Now, I understand that this is a tiny bit of a catch-22. So a lot of you that were at Atomicon 2019 might have seen our Catch-22s talk. And this Catch-22 would basically go, I don't have any speaking gigs because I can't get people to book me, because I don't have any experience, because I don't have any speaking gigs, right? It's, <laughs> it's a Catch-22. But to break that Catch-22, it's not a case of breaking it by getting speaking gigs. It's breaking it by getting experience, right? We can all get experience at local networking events, or 
like some smaller kind of events before we pitch for the big ones. So yes, we do want you to remember the big domino theory and we don't want you to necessarily start small and always start small and only speak at small events. Like if you want to make speaking a part of your business, then you need you should be pitching for the big events in your industry. But if you don't have any experience speaking and you can't show people, look, here's a video of me speaking, look how great I am, or you've never even practiced in front of an audience, then you are going to have to build up that experience before you pitch for the big gigs. Yeah, I know when we were starting out, we actually did a lot of networking and mm-hmm. talking at networking events. And we even set up our own networking event so that we could get more speaking experience. And that gave us a really good backbone to to then, when we did get a speaking gig, to actually really nail it and do really well at it because we'd, we'd practiced. Yeah. And we were able to record them as well. So if we have a pitch to an event, we actually had a recording of us speaking, which is cool. Yes, so just about a positive slant on this. Maybe we've been a little bit of a negative Nunu. I don't think that's a phrase, <laughs> but I just made it up. Negative nanny. Yeah, here's the, here's the eight things you should be doing if you want to get people to say yes when you're pitching for speaking gigs. So go through the prop channels. Make it easy for people by being to the point but impactful. Do it the personal way. Like, don't get someone else to pitch for you. Really understand what the organizer wants. What do they actually want to get from their event? And make sure you're playing into their agenda, not your own. Ask about timings. So find out when is the best time to pitch and make sure you pitch at that time. Be the expert. Don't be the generalist when you are pitching. Like, be the expert. Let them know what you are awesome at. Like, organizers want you at your best. Get to know the organizer if you can, or get to know the team of organizers if it's a team. And have a speaking page. Like, be seen to be a speaker if you want to get speaking gigs. That's it. Whoop, whoop.